0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, isn't it good to be in the house this morning? Wow. Hmm. Do you feel refreshed physically? Do you feel refreshed spiritually? Isn't it amazing when we really get in and engage in worship how we are physically, emotionally and spiritually refreshed? Ah. So good, so good, so good. God, you are so good. Mm. So 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 good to me. You know, a uh, couple. In fact, I think it was last Sunday. Somebody who uh, is is relatively new to the church came up to me and asked, uh, like, who is the senior pastor and does he ever speak here? Yes! As a matter of fact, for the next three Sundays, I plan on doing three consecutive messages. I don't usually do series, but I felt like God, in my absence from the pulpit, has laid kind of a series on my heart that I will be bringing over the next three Sundays, leading right up to Harkies. So, um, and as we prepare, I just wanted to... uh, I'm going to do a little bit of teaching. I want to just talk a little bit, and then I want to preach. So, I want to share a couple of of things that, uh, a little bit of testimony, I guess. We'll start with some testimony. Just recently, some of the things that the Lord has been dealing with me, uh, I'm the best kind of learner by hands-on, on-the-job experience, some some hands-on kind of learning. You know what I mean? You know, we can study, and we can study, but... When God ends up teaching us very directly with the hands-on, uh, that makes an impact that's totally different than what we just hear, read, or study, Amen. or watch the video. And, and, and one of those is, I've just been thinking about like faith, and, and Matthew was talking about faith, and I've, I've said before, faith is the currency of the kingdom faith is the currency of the kingdom and i started thinking about faith and you know we faith size of a mustard seed it's like wow what what does that mean and we have to have a certain amount of faith even to believe in jesus to be saved right i mean we've already got some some faith but and then the bible talks some about faith being a gift some actually have the gift of faith which is must be something quite a bit bigger if it's the gift of faith. So I just started thinking, is faith then, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can speak to this mountain and say, you be moved, be cast into the sea. So then what would a gift of faith do? If, 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 (laughs) And then I was thinking, okay, if as Jesus is speaking, and we'll look at a couple of quick scriptures because this is not the message. This is just something that he's dealing me with, dealing with me on. And as I as I ponder and I meditate on that, it's like, is faith something that grows and gets bigger? Yeah, yeah, okay. But if you have faith the size of a of a mustard seed, you can speak to that mountain and say, "You be cast." But it actually grows. Like wow! And I was thinking, you know, I look at uh, oh, I look at Dustin, and I watch him run around in T-shirts and reach up and kind of flexing his muscles and the calves this guy's got. I think, like, good grief! I got the same number of muscles that guy's got. They just don't look the same. Because he does a lot of working. I know he's had to do a lot of working out. That just doesn't come natural. So is it something that grows when we work it? When we work it out? Oh, okay. I got several yeses there. Okay. Yeah, I believe that that our faith increases as we use it and grows within us. But the part that If we have that seed, the problem that we struggle with is right here. It's right here. We can have that faith in our heart, but right here. And I was pondering this, this, and we went on a little trip. And we got on an airplane on that little trip, and we were headed to um, Salt Lake. We were headed to Salt Lake. And as we were headed to Salt Lake... We just got started on the trip, on the trip and the pilot starts speaking. We've not even gotten up to altitude yet. And the pilot started talking to us. And he said, unfortunately, folks, we're going to be experiencing incredibly turbulent weather the second half of this trip. And I'm thinking to myself, if you had told me that before I got on this plane, there is no way in the world I would be on here. You see, there's this thing that I have, this, there's a sensation that is intolerable to me. I can't stand. That dropping sensation, I I can't stand it. Intolerable. There are people that pay money to go on amusement rides to get that thrill. And I can honestly tell you, you could not pay me enough money to do that. Uh, really, you could offer me a million dollars to go ride the roller coaster at Lagoon, and I would say, sorry, you could not pay me enough to do that. I can't stand that, that, that sensation. I don't think I can live through that sensation. So it would be giving it to my wife because I wouldn't be able to collect it, I'm sure. That's how strongly I feel about that. So I went a long time after a couple of Not such great rides without getting on an airplane again. Just been doing it the last five, six, seven years, something like that. Building up a little, it's like, oh, I remember one time sitting in the seat and and, and feeling as they were closing the door, I almost bolted and said, Let me out of here. Just fear, gripped with fear. So when we're headed back, and that pilot says that, it's like, oh no, no. I want off this plane, let me off. But we're already in the air. He ain't turning it around. So I said, oh, I so wish that I hadn't changed my mind and the got on this stupid airplane. We should have driven. We should. Have driven. I'm going through that whole routine and thinking the second half, well, I'm going to tell you what. When we get to Salt Lake, I'm going to rent a car to go home. I'm not, I am not going to do that twice in a row. If I survive landing in Salt Lake, I will rent a car and we'll go home. And then I remembered. It's like, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It's like, oh, I'm a righteous man. Let's get effectual and fervent here really quick. (laughs) Because the pilot is still talking and he's saying, you know, unfortunately, it's going to be too turbulent, unsafe. We're not going to allow the carts up and down the aisles. I was like, oh, no. (laughs) So they're going to end up bringing a bag of chips and a little bottle of water, so they can get back to their seats and get strapped in. It's like, oh Lord, no. No. This can't be happening to me. This can't be happening to me. My worst, has Job, my worst fear has come upon me. So I started praying very quietly, moving my lips, but I was praying fervently, I'll tell you what. Because I'm gripped with fear. That's Ridiculous! Fear not, fear not, for I'm with you. Fear not, for I'm with you, but I am scared. It's like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. As I began to pray, I thought, yeah, yeah, just pray, just pray. Just, I, I prayed. I probably spent the next five minutes, I was just really, really quiet, just praying and praying about that, and I, and I started to, to get some peace that started to settle in me. was like, oh, whew. I'm calmed down enough anyway that they're not going to think I'm a crazy person and have to strap me down to a seat or something. Uh, I'm calming down. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. So then I think, do I need to be praying that God will help me through this turbulent stuff? And it's like, no, no. And then I realized God really started to speak to me right here. He says like, do you trust me? It's like, yes. Then what are you afraid of? You ask, you, you've You asked. And I said, well, yeah, yeah, but this is where the rubber really meets the road right here. It's like, yeah, I, I trust you, I believe you, and I have faith for other people. Let me pray for somebody else. But right now, yeah, yeah, I, yes, yes. I'm ready to experience the calm and the peace. And I'm going through that. And it's like... (gasps) It's like, oh Lord, please! (laughs) oh. Then it came to me. It's like, do you remember? This is a wonderful thing. When he brings us to remembrance... Something from the past. Do you remember when I came through for you? We were taking Christy to, uh, to Redding, and we didn't get a big enough U-Haul, so we had to load the back of the truck full of some of her stuff like bedding and that sort of thing and, the, and a really nice table. Stuff that we didn't want to get wet. We weren't really expecting rain. We came through a section looking ahead of us. We could see rain. It's like, oh, now what do we do? It's like, well, I don't have a problem with that. I just started praying against that storm calling on the name of Jesus rebuking the storm we drove through, no rain it was ahead of us, it was behind us we didn't have any rain well, yeah, but that didn't scare me really bad I could replace bedding in a table if I needed to but I'm talking about falling out of the air this sensation of falling thing still, yeah Lord, that yeah I do remember that Lord and then I, when um, Marissa when Missy and Casey were getting married it was going to be outside at Val's barn and it was an October wedding and we planned everything out we had everything all set up ready to go Casey and I have walked up there to the microphone there's a live band that's playing there we have all of the soundboard set up we're standing there waiting for the music the music is just starting so the you know the the team the bridesmaids and stuff can start walking down, and it starts to rain. It's like, oh, no. And so the, the, the musicians, I remember, honey, she said, we need to get the soundboard. We need to get the keyboard, and we need to get the soundboard picked up and get it moved inside really quick. I said, wait. I told Casey, standing right beside me, wait. I have some experience here. Let's, let's pray. And we did rebuke that storm in the name of Jesus rebuked that storm, and I just specifically asked for a two-hour window with no rain so we could have this wedding, have it outside as it was planned, and he absolutely granted that. We saw a couple of raindrops. The rain cleared. It stopped. The wedding was finished. The father-daughter dance was done upstairs, and then the rain started to come as people were leaving. It was just like, thank you, Lord. You are good. You are faithful. You do care about the little things. You do hear my prayers. You reminded me of those things and re-reminded if you have faith. And it even reminded me of the last time I got up here and preached and I said you need to trust, believe, and then receive what God has for you. It's like, listen to what you preach, son. It's like, trust, believe, receive. So, We hit that next bump, and I'm I'm praying again. I, I do believe. And in the name of Jesus Christ, my Savior, my Redeemer, my Comforter, my Guide, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke this storm. Say, you be still. In the name of Jesus, be calm. That was the last bump we hit. We landed in Salt Lake with no... No turbulence, like zero, none. And I just said, thank you, Jesus. I will get on that next plane for Boise. (laughs) God is good, and he's faithful. And if we have faith that size, and we can get our head in line with what's taking place and happening, what he's placed in our spirit, and make that declaration... It will happen for us. There's a, a second scripture. I kind of went to this, this first scripture. that was Matthew 17:20, where Jesus is, is teaching them. Um, this was about casting out a demon. He says, "If you have faith, the, the mustard seed, then in uh, Luke. Luke 17, 6. Luke 17, 6. So the Lord said, If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. But Let's go on down further. Let's just keep going, Linda, and I'll just read from that instead of in my Bible. And which of you, having a servant plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come in from the field, well, maybe that's not where I wanted to go. So give me just a second. Luke 17.6. Okay. Okay. I have to back up to seventeen one. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. We're... Uh, he said, It is impossible, speaking to his disciples, he said, It's impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and returns seven times, asking or or repenting, you shall forgive him. So then the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. (laughs) Don't you think that's a pretty interesting place for that? Increase our faith. So we can continue to forgive. I just thought this was some great icing on christy's message from a couple of weeks ago when she's when she was talking about about forgiveness like increase our faith so we can forgive somebody seven times in the same day if they come to us and repent asking for forgiveness but as we and they're asking for increased faith for this now if we back up it says woe to whom the offense would come through better for him through whom they do come through whom they do come woe to him through whom they do come it doesn't say woe to the offender you see what we're what we're seeing here it doesn't say woe to him who offends it says woe to whom the offenses come through so if you're offended and you don't forgive that person, but you go share that offense with somebody else, you're the one that the offense is coming through, and woe to you. The one the offense is coming through. Do you get that? You know, there's a couple things, and I want to touch on two more things, and then I'm ready to start with the message. Um, And that there's couple of scriptures really quick. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 is talking about seven things, six things. No, seven things that God hates. And the last one on the list is, feels to me like it's building one who sows discord among the brethren. In Hebrews 12, 15, it says that be really, really careful that a root of bitterness doesn't spring up or doesn't grow that turns around and defiles many. Typically what happens, we, we can take on someone's offense or we can be offended rather than forgiving. A root of bitterness begins to grow and defiles many because we can't keep our tongues, our mouth shut or our tongues bit. We're going to share that offense if we don't forgive somebody. It's going to be on our mind, on the back of our mind and we're going to continue to pass that on, and many will be defiled by that one offense if we allow it to pass through us. That's where we just stop and say, "Uh, uh, you need to go to that person and ask forgiveness, or you need to go to that person so they can be forgiven. Don't Don't let offense come through you. Don't let offense come through you. Don't let offense come through you. God hates some, those that cause discord among the brethren. And who are the brethren? We are. we are. It's the people in the church. We are the brethren he's referring to. And last but not least, it, um, Romans 16, 17, and 18. Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them <laughs> you want to stop offense from spreading it's like oops stop right here you know, speak to the hand if you can't go to the person that has offended you or that's caused this offense in you then I, I need to just avoid you I, I don't need to be around that everybody got it? are we ready for the, for the message now? Did you learn something in the first 10 minutes? Oh dear, I've taken more than 10 minutes. We're moving into scramble mode now. Then Um, You'll be okay. Okay. Then I will not fret, stress, or worry. We'll just get started. Uh, Matthew 13, 34, and 35 Jesus is again, he's preparing his disciples for his departure from earth he says a new commandment that I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another let's just say that together we need to love one another again Thank you, Louie. Yes, we do. By this, everyone, all will know that you are my disciples. Let's just say that together. I am, a disciple, I am a disciple. And they will know me by the love that I have for my brothers and sisters. If you love one another, they will recognize you as my disciples. Okay, chapter 14, I've spent a few days in a couple of chapters here, about three chapters here, just meditating, and, and uh, God has been really speaking to me through this. <clears throat> chapter 14, Jesus is again preparing them, he says, let not your heart be troubled, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, if it were not so I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Now you can imagine being one of the disciples right here when he starts talking like this. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. I'll repeat with me. He's coming again. again. And I believe it's soon. I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way, you know. And they're saying, wait a minute, we know? Uh, I'm not so sure about that. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Imagine yourself right there. And Jesus said to him, I am the way. I am the way. You know the way. I'm the way. Say, Jesus is the way. The The truth. truth. And the life. life. We're going to be talking about Jesus a lot this morning. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's like, wow, there's a lot of words that I have written down here that Jesus is. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also, and from now on know him and have seen him. From now on you know him and have seen him. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also, and from now on you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, And that'll be sufficient for us. It's like, uh uh-oh. Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? Mm. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Ever heard that scripture before? And the guys that were right, side by side, serving, walking with him. Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? Philip, the words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me, does the work. Oh. But the Father who dwells in me does the work. Jesus' humanity is coming out here, isn't it? The Father who dwells in me does the work. You know, it takes, it, it, it takes a good follower, an obedient follower, to become a good leader. i do not speak on my own authority but the father who dwells in me does the work believe me that i'm in the father and the father in me or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves most assuredly the works i do he will do also greater works than these most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me... You know what? I need to put my glasses on. I just keep messing up here, and I have them right in my pocket. Oh, wow. They got so much bigger. (laughs) Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. Jesus has given all the glory to his Father, and we give all the glory to Jesus and our Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. There is nothing that I want to do, nothing that we want to do, that brings glory to us, but only that brings glory to Jesus Christ and Father God. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. That's something that I've started a study into, and I'm going I'm to further. I will pray the Father. This doesn't say pray to the Father. It says, I will pray the Father. I'm digging more and more and more into that. I've looked at about 15 translations, and they all say the same thing, but I believe there's much more to that. He will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, but it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be Oh, dwell in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit. He will be in you. I won't leave you orphans. I will come to you. A little while longer and the world won't see And the world will see me no more. But you'll see me because I live. You will live also. Yeah. At that day, you'll know that I'm in my Father. You are in me. And I am in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it's he who loves me. And he who loves me will be, yeah. Who keeps my commandments as I kept my Father's commandments, it's he who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. I love that. I love that scripture right there. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. We will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Kind of reminds me of my plane ride right there. (laughs) Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you, Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You've heard me say to you, I'm going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice, because I said I'm going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. How have I told you, and now I have told you before, before this comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe... I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. I've uh, preached a message on that. has nothing in me. but, But the world may know that I love the Father. But that the world may know that I love the Father and as the Father gave me commandments so I do. Got that? Whatever the Father commanded Jesus to do. He did. He only did what the Father said and what the Father did, what he had seen the Father do. So is that not an awesome follower turning into an incredible leader? Our example. Arise. Let's go from here. Now he keeps going. And here, I'm the true vine. My Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. I just want to start building the connection right here. Uh, Next, got to go to the next verse first. You were already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Ah, You're already clean by the word that he's spoken to you. You're already clean by the word that he's spoken to you. You're already clean by the word that he's spoken to you. You receive that? Washed by the word. Washed in the word. Washed by the word. The word of God. Clean. Now here we go. abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. What does abide mean to you? Have you thought about that a lot? I mean, I mean we've read this many times, but what does abide mean to you? Remain. Okay. Come on. I love technology. I'm <laughs> stuck. It's boo. Okay. I'm going to just have to tell you instead of read it to you what abide means. Pretty quick it'll, it'll, it'll pop up, I think. I'm just stuck with that little thing going around and around in circles. It's like, go figure the one time I try to use technology it's like <sighs> still no. Okay. Forget it. Linda, I think you're taking all the bandwidth. (laughs) So, abide means, you know, when you uh, apply for citizenship to the country and to the United States, you agree to abide by the Constitution of the United States? (laughs) I knew it. Accept or act in accordance with a rule, decision, or recommendation. Uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much, I got about three or four different meanings there, but that's, that's really it. We abide by the rules of a game, we abide by the rules, by the, by the laws, the rules. Uh, when you get your driver's license, you're supposed to abide by the rules of the road, right? That's abiding. Abide in Jesus. And when he talks about I am the vine, you are the branches. I've just always thought about abide in me. It's like remain in me, live in me, or something. But, okay, it's like we have to realize, we have to know, and we have to understand who Jesus is in order to know his heart for us to be abiding in Jesus. I I was... I was praying over Christy Lynn this morning and went in and Renee and I went into her bedroom and was laying hands on and praying for her and I got kind of like a, not kind of, got like a little vision and was even feeling pulse (laughs) by the, what's that cord? What's the cord that attaches a baby to the mother? (laughs) Umbilical cord. I was like feeling a pulse, like a heartbeat and an, an umbilical cord, it's like, i am the vine you are the branches we are to be attached like the umbilical cord is from a baby to its mother from us to jesus and when we are so immersed in who he is in his love that we are attached at the heart to where we're feeling the heartbeat and that we are abiding in who he is, the incredible example that he set for us. Matthew talked a bunch about Jesus, and it's like, man, what an incredible intro to where I was wanting to go, Matthew. Didn't he do an awesome job last Sunday? powerful, powerful, amazing. Thank you, thank you. And Christy before that, and Tim before that, and it's like, and now I'm back. (laughs) Tough act to follow. Okay. umbilical cord you know i am the vine you are the branches and so we're we, we attached to jesus and when i first i was going to bring this message about three weeks ago when i first started i was praying about this and i was i was meditating on this and i saw some the fact i shared this with matthew before he came in the office one day and i said i feel like it's like wow when, when we're immersed in jesus It's like jumping into the river first going completely under with your then then just barely moving your arms so you can just flow down the middle of the river. That being the, the, the love, the presence, the essence of who Jesus is when we immerse ourselves in that like we're abiding by who He is being swept down the river, I'll just say the river of His love. Does this make... Anybody connect with this? I think that's what we're called to do. That, that's what, exactly what He's talking about here, where we know the heartbeat, where we feel who He is, what He is, and we begin to live our lives that way as we're connected to Jesus. I was, I was reading a little Charles Spurgeon stuff here um, and he was saying, what if God sent an angel of his to your house for that angel to record what's taking place in your house and then take that to show it before the whole congregation of your church it's like, wow oh. made me think I was even talking to Renee about that a little bit bit this morning. It's like, what do we do at home that is really, that we do differently than at church? I was like, pretty much, we just use a little bit better manners at church, but there's not a lot different than we do at home, that we don't do at church. And I was even thinking about our our staff. It's just become a lot more like a, a family, and I can think of two different times that staff members have have come to me because we don't pretend at church that two different <laughs> yeah, this, which is me confessing right here two different times that a staff member has come to me and said yeah Pastor Lynn yeah. in fact one of the guys you know less than manner less than good manner said would you want me to tell you if you had a booger on your face and I said yeah yeah I would why he says, well, because what I just witnessed, you were a little rough in how you handled and how you spoke to your wife. It's like, oh. I said, oh, wow. Well, thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. So we kind of keep each other in check and we call each other out like that. Here's the bad part, though. I had a second one, and this was a, the first one was one of the guys, and the second one, was one of the women, and said, Pastor Lynn, said, yes, there was a little tension in our staff meeting between you and and Pastor Renee. It's like, well, I think it was her fault. <laughs> it's like, I'm just saying the best thing is transparency. Yeah, yeah. You know, we don't put on anything different, really. I don't think. I'm just trying to think of. Of what we do, other than a little bit better table manners at church than, you know, than at home, but that's how, as Christians, we need to be living our lives as we're attached to the vine through the eyes and the heart of Jesus. Got, got a. see i have quite a bit more scripture and very little more time so i'm probably going to just go to the jesus our redeemer our, our by his grace by his sacrifice that he made for us is what our faith we're we're saved by grace through faith saved by grace through faith that grace of Jesus Christ, the love that He had for us. It was the Father's love. These are so many of the scriptures that I have. The Father's love coming through Jesus because God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believed in Jesus Christ should not perish but have everlasting life. Well, He gave so much more than just that one sacrifice. See, that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. And as we continue in our, our relationship with Jesus, we can boldly approach the throne of grace, as it says in, in Hebrews, through Jesus our High Priest. It's like So there is a connection through God, from God, through Jesus to us, he is our propitiation. He, he is our righteousness. Jesus became our righteousness. He was the sinless sacrifice that became our righteousness. And through Him, <laughs> through Him, we have access to the throne of grace. No longer are we encumbered, are we held back by the law but by our love and our attachment, our abiding in Jesus Christ. Does this make sense? And that God sees us since He is the way, He's the truth, He's the life, He is our righteousness that God sees you through Jesus through the righteousness of Jesus is that good news is that great news he sees me through his the eyes of his son the redeemer my righteousness I made righteous through faith in Jesus Christ who is the way the truth and the life And when I'm immersed in that river of life, (laughs) going with the flow, with His flow, floating down that river, living what He's calling me to live, who He's calling me to be, being obedient to Him. Jesus is my all in all. He really is my everything. He has paid the price. He has been sent by the Father. The love of the Father coming through the Son is what we get to experience because Jesus only did what he saw the Father do or what he heard the Father say. The love of God permeating Jesus. Jesus, the love of God. Jesus permeating me because of the attachment that I have to him. now god working (laughs) jesus is the vine that we're attached to yet god is the vine dresser that comes and clips at the branches and every branch that produces fruit this is the part that i think that sometimes we rarely people rarely understand when i am connected to jesus and I am beginning to produce fruit God recognizes that in me and God becomes divine dresser that sees things in my life that, oh, we need a little snip, we need to do a little pruning here because there are some things that you're hanging on to that are not producing fruit so if I get rid of that and I get rid of that and maybe even that, it's like, ouch, ouch, that, that, you're going to produce much, much more fruit. What's fruit for? Yeah, it's for refreshment. You know, that's almost like, some fruit is almost like a dessert. Delwyn brought us a bunch of fresh prunes that he picked, plum, prune plums yesterday, and oh, those were so good right off the tree. You know, it's for our, it's, we're producing fruit for others that they may partake from the fruit that we produce, which is spiritual, physical, it's nourishment for them, what God is producing through us for them. But we have to be pruned and clipped and pruned and clipped and pruned and clipped so that we can produce more fruit. And sometimes that's just a painful experience. It's like, God, I gave my heart to you. Everything is supposed to be smooth for me now. It's like, wrong, wrong. I want you to produce awesome, edible fruit. Nothing sour, but sweet fruit. So I have a lot of pruning and clipping that needs to be done in your life. Some of that's relationships. It's like, oh, but, but. Jesus said, you know what? The world hated me. Don't be conformed to the standards of this world. And when, because you love me, they're going to hate you too. It's like, oh, we're not of this world. We are of the kingdom of God. And we are here to advance that kingdom. And to be the love of Jesus Christ. Portrayed from god through jesus to us when i think i just want to have one more just really different thought that i woke up with that you know jesus loves us but it was the love of god through jesus that actually took him to the cross because that last day that last night that in in the garden where it's like Where there was so so much anguish where he sweated tears of blood because of the of the anguish where he was praying and he went to his disciples and he said couldn't you even pray for an hour you've fallen asleep and he said father if it's possible let this cup pass from me i feel like that was jesus humanity screaming out yet he was obedient to every commandment of his father so the love of God the obedience of the sinless lamb brought him to the cross that he would then be that perfect sacrifice for you and me the last of his humanity crying out saying if there's any way possible don't make me go through this suffering and father God because of his love not only for his son, but for the world. had to let him go through with it. This morning, let's just close our eyes for a little bit. And I would like you just to, just to go with me imagining the umbilical cord connecting yourself to the heartbeat of Jesus that there is such a connection between you and Jesus as we close our eyes and say Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit come and just minister to us in the last few minutes of this service that you would just have your way that you would speak to the hearts and minds in our this, the eye of our spirit that we would in the eye of our spirit the eye of our spirit just experience your love your goodness as we just connect with Jesus right now with his heart with his love let's pray that you would bind and connect Jesus that you would bind and connect with each one of us here this morning that we might experience your incredible love the joy for the joy that was set before you you endured that cross for us i thank you jesus i thank you for your sacrifice i thank you for your love and there's nothing that i want more than to be like you there's nothing that i want more than to be in your presence to be connected to you you are the vine I am the branch and I want to be a fruitful branch and I just say let it be unto me Jesus as your will would would have me to do (laughs) let it be unto me Jesus and to each one here let's just say together let it be unto me your will in my life I love you I desire more of your presence and I want to do what you want me to do thank you jesus, thank you, jesus. Amen. amen i bless you <laughs> i bless you i bless you have an incredible week i, I was thinking of the of the three messages that i wanted to bring first one i thought almost sacrilegious after i began to pray and think about it but i was thinking the coach the team and your position i thought you know what paul talks about marathons and sprints and races and athletics and paul talks about even boxing so he makes reference to athletics so i don't think it's too sacrilegious to some little little different titles but jesus being the coach you know he is my life coach jesus is my life coach so i'm good with that so let's pray that you would have an amazing amazing week and i hope to see you next sunday god bless you